Welcome to Incidental Contact, your source for fantasy football advice, draft strategies, and information. This is your host, Josh. And Jason, it's time to get physical. On today's fantasy podcast, December 12th edition, um, same spiel here. We're going to do a little recap of last week while we talk about next week. All right, real quick on Pick'em. Uh, I believe you beat me by two games. Yeah, or no, you beat me, beat me by three games. So I've even lost track of how big your lead is. It's like 16 or something at this point. So pretty much insurmountable. I'm still going to try. But I'm, I'm going to have to get very unique with like four weeks left. <laughs> or wait, we're in four. Three. Yeah, three yeah. weeks left. So I'm going to have to get really inventive. It's probably a lost cause, but whatever. Worth a shot. Yeah, you know, we're going to try. Uh, so, all right, we're just going to jump straight on in to Thursday Night Football this week. Short week for both the Chargers and Chiefs. Uh, first for the Chargers. It, most of the offense, it's the same old usual. It's Phillip Rivers every week. I mean, Lamar Jackson looked pretty much like a pretty competent quarterback, so to speak, last week. So, Phillip Rivers should just dissect everything here. And then Keenan Allen must use every week at wide receiver. And then it kind of gets a little funky. Um, I think Mike Williams I kind of like a little bit here just because the Chiefs defense might get a little beat up and not be able to guard his his size and athleticism. Running back is where it gets really wonky because who knows who's playing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Austin Eckler's in concussion protocol. Melvin Gordon's coming back from the knee. He may play. And then there's Justin Jackson. So really hard to have any idea of who you should go with. Yeah, I know right now on ESPN, because I've got some, some helpings of Millie Gordon, and I know they're projecting him like 20-something points, so expecting him to play, but, you know, definitely keep an eye on it. Don't don't take that as gospel. So, I, it'll, you'll yeah, <laughs> definitely watch injury status on Thursday as you go. It'll be interesting, because if he's even close to being able to go, I think you got to let him play, because if you're the Chargers and you can win this game, you can still win the division. Mm-hmm. So this is huge, especially because you already lost to them once, so this would tie you up in the head-to-head which would be huge. Yeah, not even that. Um, they, I mean, potentially, because they would both have three losses at that point, potentially first-round bye, you know, if the Chiefs slip up and you win out. Well, potentially home field throughout. Yeah. So, you know, the way New England's playing right now, yeah, absolutely. And Pittsburgh's through the garbage pail. Yeah. They're so there. terrible. Which brings me to an interesting question, um, and maybe we'll go through Casey first, and then I'll ask it just because, this is a fast thing here. Um, Mahomes, um, where did a decent job against um, the Ravens? Uh, so I would I would go ahead and start him here as well because it's just, just going to be a massive monster Wait, shootout here. Where didn't do that good, did he? He got 17 points. Uh, well, he left with two injuries. That's why I was confused. Oh, I, I unaware of. Oh, I didn't um, realize how much he did in the passing game. He had five for 54. Yeah. yeah. So. He was, he was decent in both facets. Not, you know, didn't take over per se, but he, yeah. he did fine. Um, and then obviously, um, I feel like ever since Hunt left, Kelsey's just been on a tear. He's just destroying people. So obviously you're going to keep going with that and then Hill for sure. Um, I, I doubt uh, Big Biscuit Eater is going to do much this week. So uh, stay clear from that. Yeah, and I'd, I I think they've already said that. Watkins is out, so I don't think it, I don't think anyone matters aside from the now the big four, Kelsey, um, the whichever running back Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. It's, if Tyreek Hill plays again, he also left the game with multiple injuries. So I, I think I, I haven't seen anything about him missing the game. But again, again, I, I feel like both teams are probably going to approach this with the utmost seriousness. Sure. So then, my question at hand is. Do you feel like the NFL should reseed when the playoffs hit? As in the right now, because right now the Chiefs are the one seed, and if you reseeded, the Chargers would technically be the second seed. Yeah. Um, instead of the fifth seed. Well, I guess how would you still give a divisional a spot for the division winner, or is it just the best overall? Yeah, I would. I would still do a division winner, and then you just don't get the right to host the playoff game. Right, because it's basically like getting an award for just not having anyone better than you in the division. Like the Chargers are arguably record-wise the second-best team in the AFC, but they have to play a fifth seed just because the Chiefs are in their division. 
I, I see the argument on both sides. You don't control who's in your division. You don't control that your division stinks. I, I mean, you you do control that you stink, but mm-hmm. like you know, in in years past, like when it was the NFC West was super crappy and whatnot, like you can only manage what's on your schedule and how other teams are. You know, so I, I see it from both sides, but I, I don't know. I kind I I kind of like the division winning the division, giving you an opportunity, just because. I feel divisions need to matter a little bit. Yeah, I feel like they still do because um, the A or the NFC West is a good example. So I think that one year, I think a team made it at like seven and seven nine. Seven and nine, yeah. So they still get in, even though they have a losing record. If it was like just straight up receding, then the division wouldn't matter because seven and nine is not going to get you in. But at least winning the division but, but will give you a spot. Let, let's say the Chargers lose Thursday to the Chiefs, and so now. They, you know, if you take care of business and win those two divisional games against the Chiefs, then you're not in this position, and you would be able to have a home game. Does that do you follow? Like, so I, I guess like what I'm saying is, if you want to win your division, it's not inconceivable. Like in a situation like that, you have the ball in your hand, you have the opportunity to win your division. You pissed it away. Yeah. Well, then you could you could do a hypothetical too. Let's say the Chiefs end 14 and two, and both losses were to the Chargers, and the Chargers end up 13 and three. Took care of business on that end. Maybe. There was a fluke, you know, kickoff or something. You know, you had this game one and some fluke thing happens and you lose because, let's say, somebody fumbles the ball in the one and the other team scores an easy touchdown. Does that fluke fumble mean that you now have to go on the road for all the playoffs where some team who went, you know, 10 and 6 gets to post at home? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, that's a it, – it's a it, – this only it comes up like every four or five years. Where one wild like the the number one wild card from a division is just dramatically better than two of the division people, so I, I kind of see the argument, but at the same time, like I seeding would get real wonky because like say the Chargers were the second best record, like why would why should the AFC West have both home field throughout? You know what I mean, and both buys, and so it just kind of gets a little wonky, I guess, because like if you if you can't win your division, why should you be able to have home round or home field throughout? And potentially, uh, well, not home, not home field throughout, but home field for the first two games potentially, and a bye week if you can't even win your division. No, I, I I think I just that that would be and that would be an extreme. This would be the extreme situation potentially this season, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I I just think a team that has let's say the Chargers went out and they win thirteen games, I just feel like they're more apt to get you know a home field advantage then um i guess the two seed right now would be the patriots well i mean would that being less... said it's not really home field advantage if you're the chargers <laughs> yeah that's very very true actually <laughs> so the chargers are the best argument for us <laughs> but um, I, and... the, the whole theory there like if it was you know if you if you reversed it and the chargers were in the one spot the chiefs having if they were able to get a home field that'd be gigantic considering what arrowhead is mm-hmm. so especially with the weather and some of the other teams like I don't think Indianapolis would like to travel to play in that crappy, crappy ass January weather of Kansas City. Sure, and then that kind of branches into another quick tangent here. I know um, Lamar Hunt when he was still around here, um, he was constantly pushing for a third um, wild card. I, I, I haven't heard this come up in a long time, but are you pro or against potential? So if you added a third wild card, how does that? Do you know how it works? I think they were doing it that only the first seed would get a buy. Okay. The second seed would have to play the first week. So if you do that, then fourteen out of thirty-two teams make the playoffs. I kind of don't like it, just because like we already hit, we're you know right now, the Titans and Miami Dolphins are like on the cusp of the playoffs, yeah. <laughs> and so if if you were to expand to seven in a some years I think it, that's worthy. Like you know, the years where I think there was a year where the Browns were ten and six with Derek Anderson at the helm, all you know, back in the late early two thousands, like two thousand seven, maybe two thousand eight, and they missed the playoffs at ten and six. And so, like that's the extreme. Like when a team misses the playoffs at ten and six, that's even more sense. Even more extreme is when Matt Castle was uh, the quarterback that one year. The Patriots went eleven and five and they missed the playoffs. Oh yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Um, so. I, I don't like it. I mean, if you expanded the NFL, maybe. But, like, I, you don't follow college football as much. But uh, a lot of people are pissing and moaning about, do you know how the college football playoff works? Not really. So there's a committee of, like, 
10 or 12 or something college football experts. A few of them are like for their athletic directors from the different conferences and whatever. But so these individuals watch every game and then they make the playoff power rankings and essentially four teams get in, but there's five major conferences in college football. And of course there's another set of five called the group of five, which is like kind of the lower level of division one. And so for the last, ever since it started, people are whining and moaning that one conference is getting let out or in the last couple of years, multiple conferences have been left out of the, from the major five, at least of the national championship. And people are saying, well, we know we need to be eight games. Like, but there was a team, North, the Northwestern Wildcats from the Big Ten, made the conference championship game with like seven wins. And so, if Northwestern would have won their state, their conference championship, they shouldn't be playing for a national championship. There's no reason to expand it. They want to expand it to eight and make it to where all five major um, conferences get an automatic bid, and then uh, one from the group of five also gets a bid. And like, sure, the last couple of years, UCF has been a really good team. And they've been undefeated for two for two straight seasons. So yeah, right now they deserve a bid. But like in years past, when like your best group of five team has like three losses, no, they don't need a bid. Like, sure, that's fun, but we don't need sixty four teams. This yeah, isn't basketball. This is football. So I, I like it the way it is. I guess things that for this year, the Pac twelve and the Big Ten were left out. But the Pac ten sucks at football. The Pac twelve sucks at football. Like you know, there's no if ands or buts around. They're just not very good. Yeah, and, and really, if you do like a sixty-four team tournament in football, it basically comes down to what team is the least injured. Well, well, you will never get that far. But like, essentially, yeah. the way I would look at it right now is essentially every game matters. Like, there there are some teams that get a little like Alabama gets a little bit of a saving grace because it's Alabama and whatnot. And some people think the SEC gets an extra saving grace because a lot of people think ESPN is biased because of the SEC network and blah blah blah. But still, like at some point the games do have to matter. Like when you lose a game at some point, it has to be meaningful. You can't lose a game and just be like, Oh, well we're, we're going to do 12 teams in the playoffs because the big 10 wants to be happy. Screw the big 10. I don't care about the big 10. Maybe right. if you have, if Michigan could have taken care of the Ohio state and rivalry weekend, this would, it wouldn't have even been an issue. Big Michigan would have been in the national championship. So. All right. Um, Tangent back. Yep. Uh, let's see. Chargers at chiefs. I think we kind of hit. Oh, the other, the other thing. If Spencer Ware doesn't play, Damian Williams takes a tick up. So yeah. Um, but Justin Jackson and Damian Williams should be picked up if they're available in your league. Uh, pick them. Who do you got? Chiefs. I'm gonna go with the Chargers. Chargers. All right. Next game we have the Texans at the Jets. Uh, Texans finally get their winning streak snapped. Kind of a bummer for them, but I like it. Yeah, uh, it was a game that the Colts really needed to win to stay relevant. Well, Colts defense played really well. They make kind of made Deshaun Watson look not very good. They were just kind of doing enough to – they were pretty much like run blitzing him on every play, so the running game couldn't get going. They only had 89 yards total rushing. And so, like, and by run blitz, they couldn't get the run going, and then Deshaun Watson was under pressure pretty much the entire game. But it really comes down to Deshaun Watson at quarterback. I feel like he's got to be used every week. Um, let's see. If we're going against the Jets, I'm not really into Lamar Miller in the game that matters. And then through the through the air, um, Cootie's out again. I think it's just Hopkins that matters. Demarius Thomas goes four for forty eight in this last game, but I don't think he's doing enough to prompt him being used. And the Jets defense is sneaky, pretty good. So the team's not good, but the Jets defense is okay. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, Offensive wise, I'm just really not interested in anybody versus the Houston's defense. Just stay stay away. Yeah, I. Especially with Sam Darnold back in there trying to learn and be better. like, And uh, Crowell left the game with an injury. Yeah, no one. I, I would say no one on the Jets. And I think we're both going to go Texans. Yeah. All right. Next. Oh, by the way, that second game, that was Saturday afternoon for everyone listening. That That's oh. at uh, three, 3 o'clock Central Time for you uh, Midwesterners. And then Saturday night... I guess this is probably like eight o'clock your central time or so the Browns at the Broncos. So two Saturday games, not to screw uh, everyone's life up. What if they do that? Um, just out of curiosity to get you ready for the playoffs. Cause they always do, you know, two Saturday, two Sunday. Um, no, no, it's, they kind of have like a, like a no confliction agreement with the, the NCAA. So once NCAA is off, 
of Saturdays for a couple of weeks, that's when they start taking over Saturdays because then you're not competing against the NCAA. There's kind of like a, a truce, so to speak. And so gotcha. now that college football is off TV until the week of Christmas, they kind of start taking over a little bit if they can. So Same. because Makes if sense. you put two two games, that's more eyes, that, and you can cover more markets too on Sunday. So. Um, let's see. For the Browns, getting a big win last week. Uh, really quick. <laughs> In his entire time for coaching for the Cleveland Browns, Hugh Jackson won three games. Greg Williams has been interim head coach for I don't know how many, but he has three wins as well. <laughs> That's really impressive. Very impressive. Or or really disappointing. I'm not really sure how, how to feel about that. Um, Baker Mayfield continues to be dangerous. Gets a win here. I think he's right on the fringe of being usable this week. The Broncos' defense is pretty good, but the Browns, mathematically not eliminated. So yeah, they can still win the division. They were they got flexed into. They, I don't remember what game was supposed to be originally here. They got flexed into this, so they were mm. like, "Browns, we want you in primetime," which is really awkward. I'm all about it. I'm ready to slot Browns in right now as my because everyone has their favorite team, but everyone also has like some biases, like a number two team that you can switch in and out at any time. Like, your, your number one team is stuck. Yeah. Like, I'm the Chiefs fan. I'm stuck there. But number two, I'm slotting the Browns in there. Dude, I'm excited I've, for the future. I've been big on the Chargers for I don't even know how long. I don't know why I really like the Chargers. I just, I've just i just been a fan of Phillip Rivers. I don't know why. So, um, but Baker Mayfield, I think he's right on the fringe. Uh, Nick Chubb kind of quieted down a little bit yardage-wise, but he still gets a touchdown. He's still usable every week. Jarvis Landry went bananas here did you see his stat line uh no i saw the fantasy point stats but not the uh, two for 54 on the ground and a touchdown and then three for 57 and a touchdown through the air and then he almost threw a touchdown too (laughs) like it it just bounced off the fingertips of nick chubb ouch Um, which would have been the impressive throw one run one catch one which would have been awesome rarity yes but and then the wide receivers wise um Kind of everyone else is just kind of a, a, a mishmash of random. I don't know that you can use, like, Brashard Perryman led the team in yards. That's not really the thing, though. So I, I would say just the Chubb, Landry, and uh, Baker Mayfield if you needed that quarterback. Um, with Denver, I'm probably going to stay away from all of them. I think with Emmanuel Sanders out, I mean, you could go with Cortland Sutton if you really wanted you know, just a Hail Mary here, but I think uh, with Cleveland's defense actually being pretty good, they could do a decent job of stopping the run, because I feel like that's really all they have to do. No one's afraid of Case Keenum. But, Can I um, throw up a Hail Mary? Yeah. Deshaun Hamilton. Oh, if, you're, if you're in a really deep league, like like the three wide receiver and a flex kind of thing, so you maybe use four wide receivers, and we're talking like 12-team format. So somebody or Deshaun Hamilton, he got nine targets here. He's kind of taking over. The, it looked like he at least took over the slot work for Sanders last week. And Sutton's not taking over the slot work. He's more of the down the field, Demarius yeah. Thomas type. So I, I, I don't – and we saw how productive Keenum was with the slot receiver last year in Minnesota. It seems to be translating to this. No Sanders. I don't hate Deshaun Hamilton. But that's, like, like, super deep. Like, those are the real deep cuts. Yeah. And, and note that this is uh, basically a, a – playoff game for both of them either one loses here they're basically eliminated so uh, yeah i think the if the broncos lost i don't know that they're eliminated mathematically i don't think they'll be eliminated but it'd be tough right i mean they would need a gargantuan amount of help at that point yeah, um, definitely. and i think yeah everything else is, did you say Lindsay? i mean Lindsay's pretty much been surefire for several weeks now yeah who are you going with uh i'm feeling dangerous no, you're not supposed to do that. That's supposed to be my pick. So now i got to go Broncos. Strictly because I have to gain points. <laughs> I just have to get lucky. All right, next up we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling up the coast to go face the Baltimore Ravens. For the Buccaneers, um, Jameis Winston's due for a bad game. He hasn't had a turnover. He hasn't had like a, a mass turnover game in a while. Now he's going to play a really good defense. So I would say stay away. Because I feel like he might get benched again, um, and there could be a huge amount of turnovers here. And I just don't know that they're going to have the ball a ton. Joe Flacco may or may not be back, but I don't think they're getting away from the run offense with Lamar Jackson. 
And then Peyton Barber is just a guy, so I would say at this point, get rid of him. You probably have better options. You can probably just find something better on your waiver wire anyway. Mike Evans has been kind of quiet, but I don't think you can get away from him. And I don't think anyone else matters as far like Humphreys kind of came back down to earth after like that four or five hot week. Oh, Cameron Braid at tight end is a nice name still. Two touchdowns. The, the only thing there is he got two receptions. They were, they were both touchdowns. So you're kind of mm-hmm. super touchdown dependent. Big time. Um, with Baltimore, I don't, I don't know. Are you, are you starting anybody here? I just don't want any of the wide receivers really. Even though Tampa Bay's um, pass defense especially is pretty bad. I guess if I had to pick one, I guess, I guess Crabtree. Well, but... for me, it kind of depends on who's playing quarterback. If, yeah. if if Joe Flacco is up and playing, then I probably fire up like John Brown because Tampa Bay I think is the number one defense to long receptions. I think they're giving up the longest mm-hmm. uh, per per average catch. So I don't hate, but that's even if Joe Flacco is up, I don't know that he plays the entire game. I could see them getting fancy and using them both, which I don't I don't know what they're kind of. It kind of depends on what they want to do. At this point, I don't see the point in putting Joe Flacco back in there. No. Because he's not the future of the team. You're getting off of him next year. I, uh, I, I just I can't wait for him to go to John Gruden next year. Joe Flacco and John Gruden are like destiny. Oh yes, please. <laughs> so, but I think at this point, what do you have to gain from putting Joe Flacco in? You're taking away development from Lamar Jackson. This is a bad pass defense. This would be the game where I want Lamar Jackson in the entire time, and I want to limit his running. I want him to actually try to learn how to read a crappy defense. And get better because if you watch the Chiefs game, he was missing a lot of throws. He was kind of tentative to throw into tighter windows. So this might be a good opportunity for him to learn to be a better quarterback and mm-hmm. start feeling pressure a little bit. Because if he doesn't have that fumble that he has, then they maybe win that game. So, um, Gus Edwards, I think, might be a thing of the past. Yeah. I think, I think that ticket to ride is gone. I think now that entire backfield. It's kind of a mishmash. I don't think anyone is usable. Maybe Kenneth Dixon. Yeah, Harbaugh talked him up a little bit this weekend. but well, they, uh, they have loved Kenneth Dixon ever since they got him. And then, of course, he had the injury, and then he has a steroid issue. Well, I don't really know what it was. I assume steroids. Some kind of drug issue that got him a suspension. But they love the kid. So mm-hmm. I, I imagine that Gus Edwards, plus Gus Edwards was like never that great of a player anyway. Like He couldn't even make it to the University of Miami and went to Rutgers. So... What can you do there? So I, I would say kind of avoid it if you can. I, I don't hate Lamar Jackson at quarterback because I think as long as Joe Flacco's down, I don't hate uh, Lamar Jackson at quarterback there, but that's about it. Yeah. And if Joe Flacco plays, then John Brown. It's fair, and I'm going to go with Baltimore. I, too, have to go with the Baltimore Ravens. All right, uh, the Packers are not dead, and they're going to face the Chicago Bears. Uh, first up for the Packers, showing a little life. Um, Joe Philbin, did you see? I think I told you about it. I don't know if you saw it. Joe Philbin um, used both his challenges within a minute thirty of the game starting. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. The first one, he challenged it. It was pretty close, but it was like the the first throw of the game to Julio Jones on the sideline. And I think the the very next pass, or maybe two passes later, same thing. Except this one was a little more obvious that he did catch it. But he, and he made some kind of offhand comment like he didn't want to have to worry about making that decision anyway. No, you're just a moron. <laughs> we forgot how bad of a coach you were when you were in Miami. Yeah. True. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you can't not use Aaron Rodgers, but he's kind of been pretty quiet all season. So I, I think if, you, if you're still playing, it's despite Aaron Rodgers, not because of him. Yeah. He's so, still injured from like that week four injury that he got on his knee. Right I think there. that was week one. Was it? Yeah, it was early for sure. Yeah. Um, Aaron Jones continues to hum along as a must-start running back every week. Although, one thing that was really aggravating watching the game Sunday, Jamal Williams started the game and played, like, the first quarter to himself. I, I was having a small <laughs> aneurysm on my couch, like, really, we're doing this again? <laughs> did we not learn from Mark, Mike McCarthy's being fired? We did not. Um, and then the wide receivers. Randall Cobb comes back. He has a very nice game. I don't know. that. Would you rely on it? No, I'm not into it. Yeah, I would say just Devonta Adams and then maybe Cobb. But starting him at this point with his health concerns, you're probably gambling just a little too much for my liking. And because of him, no one else matters. Jimmy Graham, touchdown dependent, as usual. Sure. Uh, Bears-wise, 
Cohen, for sure, he's been really dynamic, mostly in the passing game. Um, but he seems to score like a touchdown just about every week. And then with the pass catchers, it just seems to rotate. You could pick your poison and pray and hope, or you could be smart and go somewhere else. Um, even Trey Burton is up or down, um, but tight and so gross. You just might have to start him here. Um, versus Green Bay, I think he has a better shot of doing something um, than most weeks. Um, and then I guess Trubisky, if you're maybe two quarterback leagues. Were uh, you just talking about Trey Burton? Yeah. Did you know that Green Bay is like the number two defense against tight ends, which is like a really staticky stat because it kind of depends on which tight ends you played against. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, at this point, if you've been riding Trey Burton this long, there's probably not a whole lot of better options out there. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I mean, basically that's it. I mean, uh, um, so I, I just want to go back to what you were saying about the running back-wise. I, I'm not sure what to do in this scenario because I think this could be a game similar to last week. And so I kind of don't hate Jordan Howard because he went for 100 yards. Somehow he got 100 yards, which makes no mm-hmm. sense. But uh, I, I think they both are a little usable. And I, I kind of just want to fade the receivers as a whole for the entire offense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, who do you have? I'm going to go with the Bears. I also will bear down. All right, a game that probably no one wants to watch we have the lions traveling to face the buffalo bills um hold on a second real quick i'm gonna let you wrap this game i'm gonna take a quick step over here um you just want me to do the entire game yeah it won't take me two 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 minutes or so all right all right first up for the detroit lions we have matthew stafford quarterback um he's quietly been terrible this year i don't think anyone's rostering him at this point um running back wise I imagine carry on Johnson, who was close last week, is probably going to be back. And if he's back, he's your starter across the board for sure. Otherwise, if he doesn't play, I don't think anyone else matters. Zach Zinner gets a touchdown this week, but it's kind of been a little bit of a conundrum. And then Theo Riddick has a little value too, just if you're wanting like five to ten points at running back um, just because he catches so many passes. Through the air, Kenny Galladay has been quiet the last couple weeks. I think that's got to bounce back a little bit though, although it would be tough to – test that against the Bills and Tredavious White being one of the better corners. But um, aside from them, I don't think anyone else matters for the entire passing offense for the Detroit Lions. Um, let's see. And no tight end there. And then for the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen ever since coming back from his injury has been an absolute animal um, running for over 100 yards per game. He set the back-to-back game record for quarterbacks with uh, most rushing yards in back-to-back games. Just crazy that Michael Vick somehow got seated there. But um, Josh Allen, I think, is right on the flex fringe of being a must-start QB this week, just not because he's a great thrower, but because he's getting so many rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. Um, Should LaShawn McCoy miss with an injury, I think Marcus Murphy kind of becomes the next guy up, but I don't know that you feel really confident in any of them. So I I would probably just avoid the running back game there. And same thing with Robert Foster's been hot for the last couple weeks, but I mean, if, he, if he's regularly getting about 50% of the yards for the Bills, I can't imagine that's going to happen too much longer. So I would say avoid just pass catchers across the board there. Uh, so my pick is going to be, or who do you have, Lions or Bills? Um, I'll take the Bills. Yeah, I'm going to go Lions just because i got to go contrarian at some point. All right, next up we have the Cardinals, and they are going to face – the Falcons in a game again that no one cares about at all. A <laughs> uh, couple of stinkers out there this week for the Cardinals. Josh Rosen not really on anyone's radar. David Johnson, I think he could be pretty okay this week. I mean, he he had that hot little fluster and he's kind of come back down to earth. I guess from a bigger fantasy perspective, is he this year's Todd Gurley from a couple years ago? Where you remember a couple years ago, everyone said Todd Gurley sucked and blah blah blah. He had mm-hmm. blue yards per carry. Well, that was more like the Rams sucked and Todd Gurley was anchored to a shitty or crappy offense. Yeah, just bad coaching with Jeff Fisher. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, next year we'll have um, what well, Rosen would be improved. Um, Fitzgerald will be gone, but maybe they'll, uh, you know, build the lineup a little bit and maybe get somebody at wide receiver. I, I'm wondering if we get a head coaching change after one year. <laughs> yeah, I can see that being a, a distinct possibility. I mean, so, I don't know who they would hire, but, I mean, I guess it kind of depends on how they feel about Byron Leftwich and if he's the 
the man, man to change the offense. I would say probably not. Maybe if he can find an offense coordinator that would keep him around as quarterback's coach, but I don't think he's ready to be a coordinator quite yet. I would say uh, next year fantasy draft is DJ a second round pick. I don't think so. I think running back's too shallow for him to be. Yeah. So I, I just don't know that there's a because like if you think about it, Todd Gurley's going to be top. I bet Saquon Barkley's number two. Zeke's going to be up there, and then uh, McCaff- McCaffrey, Gordon, McCa- McCaffrey, Gordon. Yeah, we're right, right on the fringe there, but Kareem Hunt probably is going to be suspended if he's even on a roster, yeah. so that's one name that you don't have to worry about. Uh, so. James James Conner. Um, Maybe, assuming, assuming Bell's gone. Yeah, assuming Bell goes somewhere else, I would assume that both of those guys are first-round picks. Man, I don't, I don't know what to feel about Connor because they're using Jalen Samuels a little bit now, so maybe he gets a little bit. They've kind of preferred to always go with one running back, but I, mm-hmm. I wonder if maybe they're like, hey, for like the last four years, our running backs have gotten hurt every single season. What if we split it up a little bit? And we've got Jalen Samuels, who is a pretty good pass catcher, and James mm-hmm. Connor isn't exactly a great pass catcher. He's he's okay, but he's not great at it. So maybe you try to get – it's just hard, I guess, because they like to kind of be a little more fast-paced. And if you constantly switching out running backs for passing plays versus running plays, that you can kind of tip off the defense a little bit. So Yeah. Um, and then wide receivers don't matter. Fitzgerald's having a nice closeout to the season, but good luck trusting that. Sure. Um, with Atlanta, the only person that you're set in stone, starting is Julio Jones. Um, Matty Ice is still usable – uh, the defense in Arizona is pretty good, but I th- I think he'll end up being fine. The running backs have been garbage since week one, basically. So I would stay away from yeah. that. And, Ever and since then, Freeman got hurt, it's been complete tankosaurus there. Yeah. And then um, even Hooper, I mean, if you're looking for tight end still, for whatever Hooper reason. may not play this week. So he hurt? <laughs> yeah, he, he got hurt at the end of the game. Um, they, th- they think he has a good shot at playing, but I would start looking for alternative plans if you can. Have have something in the the you know having a target hidden on the waiver wire that you may be able to go get last minute. So at this point, I feel like most people in your league who matter probably already have a good tight end. So I, I you can probably leave your target on the waiver wire for a, a few minutes, and if you have to make a last minute change, make a last minute change. So, but I mean it's a pretty lateral move. Like you can probably cut Hooper loose. He's not that great. That you have to be concerned yeah. about someone picking him up. So. Um, who do you have? Go with Atlanta. Yeah, I can't pick the Cardinals, sadly. <laughs> the Hugh Jackson Bowl is next. We have the Oakland Raiders traveling to face the Cincinnati Bengals, two of Hugh Jackson's former squads. <laughs> what what a time to be alive. Yeah. Uh, Derek Carr had a sneaky, pretty okay game last week. I'm not buying it. I don't think he's very good. I don't think he's going to be there next year. Running back-wise, Doug Martin, um, he gets a touchdown here, but I don't really like any of the running backs. And then Jared Cook had a monster game, so that means lay off of him for the rest of the season because yep. he's going to have two <laughs> bad games in a row, which means he's irrelevant unless you play in Week 17, which I'm in a league that we play in Week 17, but he's not on my way to the so. um, No one else matters. I mean, Seth Roberts had a nice game, but he's good, he's good for like one of those a year, so that's done. So I would, I would say pretty much no one matters for the Raiders. Yeah, um, Bengals wise, really Mixon is um, the gear that moves the offense here, and you absolutely have to start him versus a poor Oakland team, and then maybe you can start, um, oh, what's his name, Tyler, uh, not Tyler Croft, uh, Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd. There we go. <clears throat> um, he, he's obviously the default number one. There's really nobody else there. Um, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, I mean, John Ross got another touchdown here, but. He's getting all these like stupid like two and three yard touchdowns. So like his stat line this week two for eleven and a touchdown. Every week he's got a touchdown. It's like one for six or two for fifteen. Like dude, you're supposed to be a deep threat. You ran yeah. a four two forty. <laughs> I don't understand how we're not letting you just run flyers down down the field. For sure. Again, that's another team that needs to get a new head coach. But the Big thing time. is, they want to hire Hugh freaking Jackson. Gross. Why would there's like so, uh, apparently some like idea that. Marvin Lewis would move into the front office and a huge Jackson to elevate to head coach. I'm so glad my favorite teams in the AFC North. We're just full of dummies. <laughs> <laughs> just big morons everywhere. Hugh Jackson back-to-back jobs in the division. Get out of here. Yeah, that's uh, embarrassing. Oh, just hit the least. 
Uh, who do you have? Um, the Bengals. I'm gonna go with the Raiders. Was that hard? Hard to do? Not really. I don't really care for either <laughs> of them. Yeah, I, I, honestly, it could have been a coin flip for me. Yeah. All right, Titans going up against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, <laughs> Is it my, Miami? Miami? Did I write Vikings twice? It was Miami is playing the Vikings. Oh, yeah, I said Dolphins. Oh, no, I read my lines. I mixed up my lines. My bad. Titans at Giants. My apologies. Titans at Giants. Okay, anyway, um, we can all piss and moan real quick about Derrick Henry real for, from last <laughs> uh, week. Two, 238 yards, four touchdowns. He was popular on several of my week's labor, waiver wires. Someone dropped Deion Lewis to pick up Derrick Henry. I just want to message him and be like, you stupid fool, you're chasing nothing. <laughs> over um, under over under Derrick Henry, 10 fantasy points this week. Under. Yeah, I'm going to go under too. He scored 33% of his fantasy points for the entire season on Thursday night. Honestly, I'm surprised that percentage isn't higher. Well, so he had a touch. He has a touchdown in like four of the last five. So he's getting like bunny touchdowns, but he's doing that on like 15, 20 yards. Mm-hmm. So I just watching that, I, I was feeling stupefied just watching that. <laughs> and one of them was a 99 yarder, of course. And yep. people are all tied for the longest rushing par- rushing play in NFL history. Yeah, you can't get longer than 99. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it, it's probably, I bet someone's done it by this point. Anyway, um, I'm going to quit complaining. I'm not buying the Derrick Henry hype. Um, Deion Lewis is still probably my preferred running back. He has a terrible week this past week. Well, yeah, it's going to happen when the other running back runs for 238 yards and four touchdowns. And they could have got Derrick Henry a fifth. They tried, and then he pulled himself out of the game, and the coach tried to put him back in twice. He refused to go back in. He wanted Deion Lewis to be able to get a shot. So, um, Mariota right on QB2. And then uh, Corey Davis is kind of an option at wide receiver, but he tends to fizzle out more than he does you well, so. Um, with the Giants, you're going to stick with your main two guys, really. Um, Saquon Barkley, who's just been killing it all season long. And then um, OBJ, obviously. If he's healthy. If he's healthy, yeah. Might even throw you a touchdown. We'll see. That was – losing him last <laughs> week was a, a heartbreaker for me in multiple leagues. I feel mm-hmm. like if he would have been healthy, I might have won a league I lost him last week. Real bummer because I had to downgrade from him to Tyler Boyd. Yuck. Big difference, yeah. Yuck. Um, yeah, I would say you're probably right. Evan, Evan Ingram had a nice game last week, 10 points. I don't think that's true of what Evan Ingram is. I think that was more of a, we're beating the crap out of the Washington team, so yeah. we're going to throw easy passes. Yeah, I guess if OBJ, OBJ doesn't play, either Ingram or um, Sterling Shepard would be um, possible beneficiaries of that. Yeah, I would prefer Shepard just because I think he's yeah. a little bit better. And we saw Kyle Loetta get in in this game, even though he went 0 for 5. <laughs> Perfect. But, I mean, that might be the heir apparent if Eli was to walk away after the season. Um, who do you have? I'm going to go with the Giants. Titans for me. All right, Dolphins at Vikings. Let's get that one right this time. Um, Dolphins, the shocker heard around the world. Oh, I've watched it so many times. I, I can't watch it enough. It's so great. <laughs> I listened to uh, the Dan Lebetard show with Stu Gotts. It's a ESPN radio show based out of Miami. Uh, they've been in like Miami for like their entire careers, uh, and they have played the like the sound bite from that like the the home and away call of that game. They've played it so many times. They've even played the Spanish edition of it. I've heard <laughs> the call on that play and like the, the Patriots guys just get like dead silent for like 20 seconds after the play. Like they don't know what to say. Like they're just <laughs> stupefied. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what happens. Maybe you shouldn't put your 270 pound tight end. Who's like made a metal at this point back to, I, why did they think Tannehill was going to throw 75 yards? He's been yeah. hurt all year. I don't understand it. They, they lined up as if he was going to throw a Hail Mary, and they put Gronk in safety position before, and he's actually deflected Hail Mary passes yeah. you know, in the past. And I guess that makes sense, but what doesn't make sense is the fact that Tannehill can't throw 70-something yards. Well, he can't throw that healthy, and he's not yeah. healthy. Yeah. Like, he's, got a real, he's got a real bummed up knee, so I, I don't know. Yeah, that, that was stupefying. Anyway, the, the Patriots drop one here. So for the Dolphins, um, Tannehill has a really nice day here. Three touchdowns. 
really nice. It's probably more what averages in the NFL, so I think he's right there on QB2 line for double QB leagues. Uh, running back-wise, Brandon Bolden, the name of the past, is striking again to destroy the Patriots' life. Vultry touchdowns from everyone. Those jerks. Uh, mm-hmm. But I still think Kenyon Drake is taking away a lot of the, the work has made him a little bit better, I think, although, you know, nearly 18 of his points came on one play. So who knows? But um, are you buying Kenny Stills after eight one thirty five one line here? No, he's been a ghost for like ten weeks. Yeah, I, I kind of don't believe in anyone except for Kenyon Drake, and that's more of a flex play for me. Yeah, at best for sure. With um, Minnesota, you can continue to use um, basically Cousins. Um, Cook has been doing a lot better the last couple of weeks after just a. Ugly, slow I think he's start. To getting season. healthy, you know, it takes yeah. time. He came back after the the ACL, and he wasn't probably healthy when he started, and then that messed with the hamstring. I think he's finally probably just getting healthy. Yeah, unless you're Jamal Charles or Adrian Peterson, it takes you about two years to be like legit, full, yeah. healthy, ready to go. Well, um, he was pushing himself to be back at the start of the year, and that would that would have been like ten months removed, and that's like mm-hmm. when you should start working out, not playing. So right. So, of course, you're going to overcompensate. <laughs> yeah, and, and while we're on the topic with that, I think next year he might be like a super sneaky steal because he's going to be probably second, third round, somewhere around there, just because of people remembering how bad he was you know, this got, year. I've got my eye on him, very much so. So, I'm going to try to be talking him down if I can. For sure. Um, and then wide receiver-wise, obviously, Thielen uh, Diggs have been pretty good. Um, Kyle Rudolph let me down. I needed him to score 14 points on Monday to uh, to give me a win, and it didn't happen. He got you a gentleman's 2.7 if you're in fact yeah. in that score. Uh, what do you we, – we were texting a little bit about it yesterday, them firing Filippo, their offensive coordinator that they handsomely stole from the Eagles. What do you think about that? Um, I guess, I guess it's warranted. They – to me, they have a better offensive weapons than the Eagles had last year, but they made it work with a backup quarterback in Foles and won the Super Bowl. But you have Cousins, who for me is a top 10 quarterback. You know, you have a couple of running backs that could get it done, you know, either together or, or separate because we've seen it. And then um, a couple of wide receivers that are, you know, I think they're both top five to eight in receptions in the league. So they're both real dynamic. And even the tight end, even though he's had a quieter year than before, I mean, he's still a force to be reckoned with. So the fact that they only have six wins with a good defense is, to me, it's a, it's a bad year. Even if they make the playoffs, it's a bad year. Well, I, I texted you the thing yesterday that Kirk Cousins is 4-23 and 23 against teams with a winning record. So that's not great for Kirk Cousins. But I, I was listening to someone else yesterday, and um, apparently the offense, or the quarterback's coach from last year is was the quarterback's coach this year, and now he's promoted to um, offensive coordinator play caller after D. Filippo got fired. And a lot of people um, were shocked that he didn't get the promotion when Shermer left. They thought that he would have been the obvious replacement in-house, and I guess that kind of bummed a lot of people out in the organization. So this could be a little regret – or not regression, but I guess progression back to kind of what the offense was last year with some more talented players around this year. So this could almost be good for the offense, maybe a tick up for – for Kyle Rudolph and some of the other guys. So I, I would say, if anything, this is kind of a boon for the offense more than anything else. And this could be what Zimmer likes to do. They haven't really been dedicated to the run. I, I imagine this could be a little bit more dedication to the run. Who do you have? Uh, Vikings. Yeah, I do as well. All right, the Washington professional football team going to face the Jaguars in a game also that stinks across the board. There's a lot of bad games this week. Mm-hmm. A couple of sinking ships right here, that's for sure. Yeah, um, for Washington, did you see uh, Josh Johnson is now on his 10th NFL team? That's amazing. That's really good. I cannot find this game is that a, at all. Is that a record? You know, I'm not sure. It probably is for quarterback. I don't know if it is for like players across the board because there are some offensive linemen that bounce around for a long time, mm-hmm. especially like ones that are like, back end of your roster like injury replacement guys who kind of just bounce around and play on like three teams of the year um so mark sanchez he got pulled he's probably out for the or benched for the rest of the season josh johnson i don't know i wouldn't i mean the redskins stink and they're going against a good jags defense so i would say josh johnson leave him on the waiver wire and then because of that i would say no no one else matters the wide receivers have been completely unusable 
Um, Jordan Reed left this game with an injury, so maybe a ticket for Vernon Davis at tight end if you need something. And then uh, Peterson at running back if you're desperate, but I don't know that he's going to be all that productive. He's kind of been pretty quiet and cycling down the last couple weeks. Yeah. Um, with Jacksonville, I get. I guess Fournette. Washington's been pretty good against the run, but they've been bad as of late. I mean, weren't they at like six, six and three at one point? They've just been a sinking ship. A lot of that has to do with the quarterbacks all breaking their legs. But um, if you play I'll, in a league where you get fantasy points for punts, this is the league. This is the game you want to circle on here, <laughs> man. This could be a punter's wet dream. So I did a quick Google just to go on a tangent here for player who's been on the most teams. And it took me to a wiki page for, remember if you remember, uh, JT O'Sullivan? Yeah, he's a center. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's played for like the Rams and the Bengals, I think. Amongst so, probably Packers, I think, as well. So we've got, yeah, Saints, Packers, Bears, Vikings, Patriots, Panthers, uh, second Bears again, um, Lions, so the entire um, NFC North, uh, 49ers, Bengals, Chargers, Raiders. He's also been on the Frankfurt Galaxy. Oh, wow. So he was around for a long time because the Euro League has been gone for a long time. A long time. And the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That's a CFL game. Yeah, he's three different leagues. So that's, that's impressive. He, he's a well-traveled man. That's true. That's true. Um, and then back to Jacksonville. Um I guess just Fournette, really, honestly. That's it. That's all you need. If you're Everyone. desperate at wide receiver, I think C.D. Westbrook has a, a scooch of value. Cody Kessler seems to like him. So that's mm. the only thing I would say there. Uh, who do you have? Gross. Uh, Jacksonville. No, I, I, I was going to go against you, but I can't pick Washington. I just can't do it. It's gross, yeah. All right. Uh, final game of the Sunday early slate. We have the Cowboys going to face the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, for the Cowboys, um, what in the world is going on with Amari Cooper? Holy, that guy's there. How thankful I am for his existence because I had him when another guy had Henry. I thought Thursday, you know, because I played on Thursday with Henry. I was like, man, I have already lost because you don't come back from a guy who scored like forty-seven points. Um, this doesn't happen. I'm in a league where someone started Amari Cooper, George Kittle, and. <laughs> Derrick Henry. Sick. Just bench everyone else. You already won. What, what do you do? That's, like, in the playoffs, you just see that. You're like, but why? Why did that happen to me? Like, the, the, Why is anyone starting Derrick Henry? And, like, Amari Cooper has been okay lately. But, like, yeah. there, you know, there are some, some leagues in shallower leagues. He's probably on the waiver wire at some point this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but, that, uh, the, Those three guys right there off the top of my head, that's like 130 points. Three guys. Oh, yeah. yeah well, Cooper and... Henry were damn near 90 together, and yeah. Kittle was like 35, 20 yeah. to 35. Um, going back to the game there, Amari Cooper uh, making Dallas not look dumb for the first-round pick now. Um, mm-hmm. You can be interesting to see what they have to do to keep him happy because he's I think he's up after this year, so going to have to give him some cash. Yeah, I think he's already pretty happy in the situation because he finally gets to show that he doesn't suck. It was yeah. the Raiders. I mean, but, he has but the if, talent. if they're not going to offer you, you know, yeah. we'll use that Le'Veon Bell number, 16 or $17 million a year, which you know, what some top receivers are getting, why not just walk out and be like, no, screw you. So and yeah. I think they're going to be in a real – I think Dak's up too. So they might be in a really interesting spot where they have one franchise tag and two guys to keep. Oh, so it'll shit. be interesting to see how they shake that up. And they, they probably want to spend some money on their offensive line too because – you know, with Travis Frederick out <laughs> really quick. Did you see Tyron Smith in this? You probably didn't see. So Tyron mm-hmm. Smith, their left tackle, he's had an elbow issue. Um, a normal elbow brace can't fit on his arm. Do you want to know what they did to fix that? So two of them together? No, they put a knee brace on his elbow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> How big is your arm that you can't fit an elbow? Like, they, like it's big enough for a knee brace? That's a big elbow. I wonder how much of that, I mean, some of it's probably, like, swelling or, or, you know, liquid or something, but that's still, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Your arm is so big, you can't put a, a normal elbow brace on it. Like, mm-hmm. Gronk's a huge guy, and he, he has, like, a mechanical elbow brace. So, granted, Tyron Smith's just an enormous, enormous person. So, but, 
Anyway, going back to the game, Ezekiel Elliott, whatever. Everyone knows he's great. Zach's been really hot down the street, pretty much since the Amari Cooper acquisition. And then um, no one else really makes a big tick up. Michael Gallup's been really active as far as targets go. He's just not catching a ton of passes for any kind of meaningful volume. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, Colts-wise, Andrew Luck has been on fire as long as you forget that Jacksonville game that happened. Um, running back-wise, it, it just seems to be kind of revolving tour. Um Mac has really died out after his two like 30 point games and then we're seeing some Naheem Hines come about so if you can help it I would stay away from the running uh, running backs altogether um, tight end wise obviously Eric Ebron's been a stud um, especially with the what's his name out Jack Doyle hey, Jack Jack Doyle um, and then wide receiver wise T.Y. Hilton has a chance to just blow up or give you two points and that's just kind of how his career's always been so i think he's, he's still worthy of a start especially here well i think he's finally healthy for the first time in the season too he's yeah been pretty, pretty banged up um if i had to pick a running back i'd probably pick naheem hines this week just because uh, the cowboys defense has been quietly really good over the last handful yeah. of weeks and so i imagine they're gonna have to get their pass catching back involved if they want some success here who are you going with um Give me the Colts. All right. Um, I'm going to go Cowboys. All right. Going on to the, the afternoon slate of a whole two games. I'm. This drives me nuts with the NFL, with this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Nine games in the early slate, two in the afternoon. Seriously? Mm. Come on. <laughs> That's obnoxious. <laughs> um, so Seahawks at 49ers is the first one. Uh, Seahawks-wise, Russell Wilson has you know not a great game this week but he's been pretty much on fire before that so i think you can give him another role this week 49ers defense isn't anything threatening chris carson continues to be right on that rb2 using him every week um i almost want to believe in handcuffing Rashard penny with him at this point he's getting enough work on a weekend basis and then tyler lockett the bane of my existence continues to be there and he just won't go away yeah six targets and he catches five for 42 come on man Get more than five targets. Oh, that's obnoxious. I, I think he's averaging, like, probably still, like, four six, four point six targets a game. Um, other than that, no one else matters in the offense. Doug Baldwin would be if he's healthy. Yeah. Um, San Francisco-wise, you're going to continue to use the guy's name that I always get wrong. I discovered why I get it wrong. Okay, so have you ever seen um, – Are we talking about running backs? Wilson Jr., yeah. So um, there's an actor. He's in both – the old Roseanne episodes and in Grey's Anatomy and his name is Carl Pickens Jr. And so I was getting the actor confused with the football player last week. Do you know week. what, what I, I'm just now watching Grey's Anatomy so what? who does that guy play in Grey's? He's the chief of uh, staff the black guy oh. bald head. Oh okay. Um, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Um, I'm blanking on his name right now but yeah the chief. Yeah. Yeah I can't remember his name either. Um, yeah I'm at the point where he's about to get ousted so. Yeah. I think I, I think I, oh I just got to the point sorry for the people who care about drama TV I just got to the point where uh, George died so I'm still really early. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, I know who several people die. <laughs> yeah, like, pretty much all of them at this point. It's been like 12 years since it started. Like most of yeah. them have died. <laughs> really quick, if you were in that universe, why in the world would anyone apply to work at that hospital? Clearly, there's oh. a descendants. George, yeah. Lexi, Sloan. Shepherd, like, why would anyone work there? Everyone dies or gets cancer or something terrible, ha- or they get shot. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've read some stuff that's going to happen, so I know um, someone else gets shot, um, but Preston already got shot and he's gone. Whatever. But, like, it sounds like they're, they're just like reading ahead. There's still, like some, some kind of like shooting, shooting on the hospital campus. Like, no one should ever work at that freaking hospital. That is yeah. a terrible <laughs> place to work. Like, there is so much danger going on there. Not to mention, like, the whole, like, like, I've worked in hospitals for a while. There is no chance that anyone bangs in on-call rooms, just for the record. Right. <laughs> Not at all. That's so against the, uh, anything. Like, ugh. And also, we never see anyone ever cleaning those on-call rooms. Those have got to be the most vile beds of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I really like to pick TV shows apart. Like, it's just not realistic. That's why we got a new uh, podcast coming out about picking movies apart. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Bingo. Uh, I mean, we don't have a name for it, so we can't really plug it. But Yeah. To, to be determined. Indeed. 
Uh, back to the 49ers. Uh, I don't think anyone else really matters. Dante Pettis kind of matters. Oh, George Kittle Kid- really Kittle. matters. Kittle, yeah. yeah, Kittle well, matters. I mean, at this point, he's been so far over the radar at this point. Mm-hmm. He's, like, one of four tight ends that matter. Like, him, Ertz, Kelsey, Ebron, that's about it. Everything else is crapshoot. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Dante Pettis has some value, but that's about it. Who do you got? Uh, Seattle. Yeah, I do as well. All right. A game that's hugely important. The New England Patriots coming off disappointment going to face the Pittsburgh Steelers, also off major disappointment. Uh, For the Patriots, Tom Brady having a nice game this past week, but he's quietly been, like, barely top 15 quarterback for the season. I don't think you can get away from him. Uh, Running back-wise, Sony Michelle, I think, is still my preferred option. But I kind of think between the vulture, stupid Devlin, just ruining everyone's lives right now, um, and James White and Burkett, I kind of think Michelle's probably the only one who has value. And then Gronk, Gordon, Edelman, that's about it for me. For sure. Um, with Pittsburgh, obviously, uh, McBen, um, assuming James Conner plays, and I think there's still some question about that, but if he doesn't, I, I would go with Jalen Samuels. And then... Yeah. Uh, uh, Ridley was only on the field for like five snaps, or five carries. He was barely on the field, though. And then um, wide receiver wise, obviously um, Juju has been more of the yards and uh, receptions guy, and then uh, Antonio's been doing well in the uh, touchdown department. But you could start either or. Um, this could be a big shootout game. Um, a lot of fantasy points to go around. Not that this matters for fantasy football, but is Juju Smith Schuster better than Antonio Brown? He's outplayed him all year. Yeah, I, honestly, if I'm Remember when Antonio Brown earlier this year, and it was kind of a joking thing, but he made a joke about how they should trade him because um, someone had mentioned that he was a product of the system or whatever. Yeah. And honestly, I kind of agree. If you're Pittsburgh, trade him now while he's got value. He's probably only got, what, three to five years left or so. Well, especially because they're having some cap issues with Le'Veon Bell, but if you can, if you can get rid of him, you get Bell's cap hold off, maybe you can get Big Ben to restructure again. Now you're swimming in cash. You can build up that defense a little bit. So. Mm-hmm. And while we're, while we're talking about that, I saw another one for Aaron Rodgers. How do you feel about that? Trading Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. I mean, that's the one I, I just – can you trade the best player in the entire game at his position? I, that's what you have to be okay with. You can make the argument that Antonio Brown's not top five at his position. Yeah. Because I, if, I think you, the... if you take him out of the Steeler system, because you can, you can make the argument Thielen, Julio, Odell, Michael Thomas – there's a Juju Smith-Schuster, I just said, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams. There's a, a list of wide receivers that are comparable, but I don't think anyone, talent-wise, I don't think anyone can compare to Aaron Rodgers if he actually had a decent coach around him. Yeah, I think the big thing the article was talking about is just how he's been injured a lot and how they could use, you know, a king's ransom of draft picks to kind of rebuild the whole team. But I kind of agree. Like, if you have a once-a-generational quarterback, you kind of have to keep him. Well, I mean – I think part of it is the system. Granted, we don't know how much Aaron Rodgers preferred the ad-libbing stuff, but could you imagine if he had a, a genius mind like Andy Reid or Sean McVay around him mm-hmm. who could, like, put him in positions to not take shots, to get the ball out of his hands a little faster on all the, like, have we seen Green Bay once try to do, granted, I, I find it the most annoying playing football, but uh, a shovel pass forward, not a shuffle pass, um, jet sweep pass, I can't think of what, the pop pass, whatever the hell it is. We haven't seen Green Bay do that once this year. Like, use some of your athletes and do something a little inventive. Don't be yeah. just the vanilla forty yards downfield every play offense. Right, let's knock these last two out. We got about uh, a gentleman's uh, we got three a minutes. Um, uh, um, New England. They always beat the Steelers. New England. Then I'm gonna go Steelers. Um, Eagles at Rams. Uh, Eagles quietly kind of pissed their season away. By losing to the Cowboys. Wentz right on there is a QB1 fringe. Adams gets enough work to be an RB2-ish, but I kind of don't trust it. And then wide receiver-wise, um, Zach Ertz, of course. And then Jeffrey had a nice game here. I don't know that you trust anyone, though. I mean, next week, Golden Tate's probably going to out-target him, so it's just kind of a, mm-hmm. a mishmash. Yeah, and then with the Rams, obviously golf. golf. They had a hard time versus that Bears defense. Um, well, and it was that crappy weather, too. Yeah, and they were they were in um, in Chicago. So there's a lot of stuff going against them there. Yeah. Jared um, Goff is from California, went to college in California, and plays professional in California. Yeah. He doesn't like cold weather. <laughs> Clearly, that guy does not like cold weather. For sure. So I don't expect that kind of show versus uh, the, the Eagles here. So obviously, you know, Gurley, uh, 
Cooks and um, and Woods for sure. And the Eagles is one of the worst defenses in the NFL. I imagine they're going to have an, an, an easy time establishing Todd Gurley in this game. It's yeah. not like the Bears front seven. The Bears have nine defensive starters that are in like the top ten of their position per per feet per PFF grading for defensive yeah. positions. So like yeah, they're, they're just good. top of the line defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Rams. Yeah, Rams. 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 And then final game, Panthers or Saints at Panthers. Uh, let's see for the Saints, quietish game for the offense. But I mean, they were playing the Bucks; they really didn't have to do much. I kind of think they were, probably wanted to play it close to the vest and just get out of there after the debacle to start the season. Drew Brees use him every week. He's kind of been quiet, but you got to do what you got to do. Ingram and Kamara again must starts every week. Michael Thomas must start every week. I don't think anyone else matters. Yeah, and then with the Panthers, uh, Cam and then McCaffrey are really the main two that you have to start every week. Um, you could take a shot um, with their tight end. Uh, I forget his name, but he had he, he did well last week. Ian Thomas. He's Ian. been targeted 19 times in the last two games. That mm-hmm. if, if you're missing a tight end or you need tight end help, he's the way to go. Can we pour one out really quick for, for our guy, um, Funchess? Yeah. He, he was on the field for, like, less than 20 snaps last week. <laughs> so he's... Yeah definitely done like they're they're like nope we're get out of here guy we're done with you yeah he stinks dj moore's a better talent anyway yeah well and curtis samuel's taken over it's it's been the samuel dj moore show and then of course mccaffrey as well but so i would say um we pretty much named all the names that matter uh who do you got uh new orleans saints yeah i do as well panthers must win though so maybe they get a little frisky but they, they can't afford to lose another game all right, um, incidental contact pod at yahoo.com, at ICFFpod on the Twitter. We'll be up, be back next week previewing championship, well, mostly championship week for most leagues. Um, until then, have a good week.